Welcome to the Money Making Women podcast with me, Ray Dodd. I'm a money and business coach who believes that you are absolutely capable of earning life-changing amounts of money. I also believe that doing so is not as straightforward as the internet makes out. If you're looking for a conversation that goes beyond pure manifestation and hustle and into the nuance and intersections of what it means to be a money-making woman, then this is the space for you. So one of the things that has come up for as long as I've talked about money, which is like two or three years now, is shouldn't I just be grateful for what I've got? So what happens is we I'll talk to people, and this, these are often people who've bought courses. Sometimes it's a kind of a thing that comes up before they even buy it. And that's partly because people feel like, you know, not, you know, some of you will be watching this and you might be in a situation where, you know, it's a struggle to survive money-wise. Most of you won't be. Most of you, you know, even with coronavirus coming in, some of you might be in a more precarious situation than you're used to. But most of you will be more in that situation of like, I've got I've got enough to survive. But but. it I don't feel like I'm thriving. I feel like I'm scraping by. And some of you will be in a situation where you're making good money but for whatever reason you want to make more. And frequently what comes in is this guilt, this guilt around shouldn't I do why why do I insist on wanting more why can't I just be happy with what I've got and I'm going to unpack that some more as we go on but that even that to me is interesting the example I came up with as I was doing this was like if you were delivered so you know often what people are in my group what that you're getting coaching elsewhere for what you're consuming this kind of like personal development slash business um, internet business world type stuff is that we're here because we want more. We see potential in ourselves, even if we struggle to fully look that potential in the eye and acknowledge it because of our own stuff that's been layered on us by the world around us. Even if we struggle with that, we have an inkling that there is more for us than we currently have. We have a feeling that things that are going on inside us are standing in between us and where we want to be and that tension can be a lot that tension between those two places but what's interesting is there's this sense that shouldn't I just be happy with what I've been given how many of you feel like you really chose and I'm hoping it's more than you know that some of you will feel this you really you're really choosing where your business like the sort of business you run the industry you're in the clients that you're approaching and how many of you feel like in the maybe in the past or even now you haven't been choosing you've been taking what you were given certainly when I look back at jobs so I I worked for a tv company for years and um I watched a lot of youtube I got caught once watching old reruns of home and away on the clock like while I was working because I had nothing to do and I was bored and I didn't like it. And I just took a job that came to me. My brother worked for the company, typical nepotism, typical nepotism, is that how you say it? Anyway, of the media world. Took the job that I I could get because I previously was working in a dentist and hated that with this really sleazy dentist. Um, Again, found a job, just landed in it. I didn't feel like, and you know what? I got, I earned up like 28 grand in that, that TV company job. It was, it was all right. You know, I was 25. That's an all right wage. Certainly then I was pretty proud of that at the time. Um, still would be in lots of ways. Like that's not to be sniffed at, but I was deeply unhappy, deeply unhappy with where I was at. 
And it would very much be, if I was to stay there, and I didn't even know a way out, if I was to stay there, it would be like ordering something at a restaurant, having it delivered to my table and then showing up with something I didn't want and me going, well, at least it's food. I'm, I'm so grateful for food. I'll, I'll keep it. And I would hope that if we, you know, I'm not very good at complaining in things like restaurants. Like I'm not. And obviously I'm talking pre-COVID, post-COVID world here. <laughs> but I would hope that if we know we ordered something different, we'd send it back. We wouldn't just eat it because we're grateful for food. And yet I hear so many people who've been handed something, handed a, a job, had, like stumbled across it, fallen into a kind of business, start people asking them for things that aren't really what they enjoy doing. Yes, and I use this example with my plenty people the other day it's not unlike you know sometimes you can get caught into a trap of people choosing to believe or just deciding you're something it's not unlike when you say you like pigs and then before you know it you collect pigs and all anyone buys is pigs or hedgehogs or Winnie the Pooh or something and actually you really don't want it anymore I knew a woman when I was growing up who had liked Winnie the Pooh for a phase and people had really decided that that's who she was and that's what she wanted and she got all this Winnie the Pooh stuff and she had to eventually be like um please can I not have Winnie the Pooh stuff anymore? Her house was full of it. Absolutely full. Should she just be grateful that she's being given gifts? So I want to not just start because I've way started. I do want to emphasize that yes, being grateful is a really, really amazing state, emotion to access. And it, what's wonderful about gratitude is that you can do it very intentionally. You can sit and spend time growing the part of your brain that receives and understands gratitude. And it's become very mainstream. I always say like you can buy gratitude journals in Sainsbury's now. So it feels a bit like this doesn't feel like it would actually work. But I'm telling you, gratitudes are amazing. Spending some time doing that is an amazing use of your time. But that doesn't mean that you can't also desire more. You know, somebody that lives in a one bedroom flat can be grateful for that flat, but we don't judge them for wanting more. They're grateful for the shelter that they have. They might be grateful for the benefits they're on that provide food for them. Do we say to them, you shouldn't, you shouldn't dream of more? And similarly, that, that follows through and you might go, yes, but we're not in that situation. But this boils down to the idea that there is only so much out there for us. If there was plenty of space, of money, of goodwill, of clients, of customers, what would it matter if we asked for more? But as women, we are often conditioned to believe that there is only so much space for us. We need to be invited to a pre-laid, pre-prepared, pre-built table. We're lucky to be there at all. We're lucky that the internet allows us to be visible. We're grateful that we're no longer being kept in kitchens. And so we're grateful for a bit, a bit of space. But what I'm asking is, what meal did you order? What meal do you feel like today? If I feel like lasagna and someone brings me a salad, I don't want to eat it or a sandwich. Or maybe I don't even like sandwiches. As an actress, there's this constant mentality of you should just be grateful for whatever you get and don't stand up for yourself or ever say no. The years and years of commercial 
auditions, catamarts for a very rare return. It's utterly demoralizing. Absolutely. And I think we can see after the Me Too movement how so many actresses, actresses with privilege and power, important, that's really important to say, not all of them, but a number of them coming forward and being like, I previously was just grateful for a seat. And I thought that part of my tax for existing in the world, and I think this is something for many of us post Me Too of a certain generation where we're like, I've had so many conversations where I'm like, why did I, I've been a feminist for as long as I can remember. I may not have known the word for it, but for as long as I can remember, I had strong feelings about justice and equality in many different ways, around race, around uh, gender, sexuality, all sorts of spaces. It never occurred to me that men didn't have the right to touch me in that way when I went to a club. If a, if a guy touched your bum, you'd be like, Psh. And that's part of the same mentality. That be grateful for, for like for your existence. Be grateful that you're out and about. Be grateful that they're paying you attention. And that seeps into all these different spaces. And this idea that there is, you know, there are not enough, there's not enough safety out there for us to expect to be treated a certain way. And there is, there is, it's not on us to make the, those changes really. Like it, it, it is because people don't do it for us in that if we don't stand up and go, this isn't okay, no one will, but it's on the men to change their behavior. And similarly, when it comes to your business, we need to stand up and ask for what we want. We need to be grateful for where we are because people fought for that. But we also need to be ambitious for more because I don't know about you, but this is not enough. Not just in terms of um, equality amongst men and women and anyone in between who identifies in between those two spaces, but for in so many ways, for black people, for people who are, aren't straight, aren't cisgendered. When you said that, read the club, I thought grateful to not be, for it not to be worse. Exactly, to not be assaulted. Well, it's just a tap on the bum. I'm grateful it's not more. And it's it's so interesting. I'm sure it's part of getting older, <laughs> like that you suddenly understand, like where we I would judge my parents previously for not understanding certain things or my grandparents. Now I'm like, oh, oh, <laughs> I see that now. I see how you cannot know something and then you know. But once you know, things shift. I did want to talk briefly, I don't have very long now, about diet culture around this kind of like be grateful like you've got to be grateful for what you've got and therefore you can't ask for more and the I one day I'll write a post I feel like it would be like a series of posts on the ways that diet culture reflect into our relationship with money making and one of those is this idea that you must dislike where you are to better yourself I don't know about you but I know lots of people who have been on a journey around the way they feel around about their body, who aren't, you know, a standard, and it's not even a standard size because standard size is 16, but, you know, the acceptable size of, that we're meant to be as women and have been taught all along, like for their whole lives from various different spaces, often women in their family, often and absolutely magazines and the media and all sorts of other places to really hate their bodies. And so many of us, and I'm going to include myself in that, will motivate ourselves to lose weight by disliking ourselves. 
I can't fit into that dress. I look horrible in that outfit. I saw a photo of myself and I don't like it. I stepped on the scales. That number is not acceptable to me. And that's how we motivate ourselves to lose weight. And when we put ourselves into a position where we're grateful for our bodies, and this is a blurry line in kind of like in feminist quarters around diet culture, and it's not something I've completely figured out for myself at all. But if we want to get healthy, if we want to do your exercise and move our bodies, it can be very hard to do that from a place of loving your body because all along we've been motivated by a dislike of ourselves. And so when we talk about being great, like being grateful and ambitious, yes, there is a part of like, no, you shouldn't just be grateful for what you've got, but you should be grateful for what you've got. Should isn't a good word, but it's it's helpful. It's useful. However, when we are used to motivating ourselves via shame and hatred of ourselves and hatred of our position, that's very difficult. And you bring into that layer of privilege that we're many of us are starting to understand our various privileges and privilege is a very like it's a spectrum. Everybody holds privilege in some way, in some way around something. But what I notice many privileged, particularly white women, particularly white middle class women doing, and they do it with good intentions, but the impact nonetheless is the most important part is they try to give back that privilege. Well, maybe if I keep, because we're so used to it. Maybe if I keep myself smaller, which is our default. Maybe if I don't, you know, I just try not to use this privilege of mine, then it won't hurt anybody. And you can't do that. You can't give privilege back. And so we start saying like, I'll just be grateful for what I've got. And yet we are the ones with the privilege. We have the ones with the access to do some of this stuff too. What we really want to be doing is expand those privileges so that it's not just, you know, the white middle-class women and you have more privilege if you present a certain way, if you're attracted to certain people, all those, like, like I said, it's really, um, it's a really layered nuanced topic, but we can't give that back. So what I would really love for you all to do is just to know, if you find yourself thinking that, just ask yourself some questions around it. Why not? Why am I saying this to myself? Why can't I be an, an introduced? Why is it either being grateful or ambitious? Like you've got to hate on the thing in order to move forward. I could talk about this for hours, by the way. It's such a layered and deep topic, even though it can seem like such a throwaway thing to say. It's a massive thing but I will leave it there. So just think about this. Notice yourself with this old rule of I should be grateful for what I've got when you didn't decide what you wanted in the first place, when you've been given something. And I, do, I, do, I don't know if there's anyone watching this who's not British, um, who's not been brought up in the UK. I wonder if there is some, um, a cultural part to this story, this, this kind of thing. But I do like I just think about how in the UK we're not always so good. And you might come from a family that's better at this. But I think traditionally we're not very good at things like someone gives you a present you don't like. We're not very good at going, well, I actually don't like this. There's very much a culture of, you know, and you might remember this from when your kid just being like, thank you, because you've been given something. And that's kind and it is kind. But you, we, it's bringing us back to the lady who's being given a load of Winnie the Pooh stuff, isn't it? But I'd be interested, particularly from Americans, 
if that's something that's going on for you in the same way, if that's seen there as much, um, where people are slightly bolder in lots of ways in terms of like owning what they actually want because culturally that's been celebrated. Yes, I still have a DKMY wallet I dislike that my mother-in-law bought me years ago. It's in the drawer, just sell it. Absolutely, God, I do the same thing. I've got candles that I hate the smell of and I get them every year because I don't say, I go, thank you. <laughs> Like, I am very picky about candles, but still, this is such a big thing for me, trying to stop telling myself I should be grateful for what, what I've got, even if it isn't good or right for me. It's a huge topic. It's huge. All right, lovely people. I'll see you soon. Thank you for listening to this episode of Money Making Women. Please do go and leave us a review. They have a huge impact on getting podcasts like mine heard. I also wanted to let you know where you can find me. So if you want to find more of what I do, you can find me in my Facebook group, Money Making Women, or you can find me on Instagram. I'm Ray underscore Dodd. I really want to say a special thank you to Emily Crosby, who edits these for me, and I will see you for our next episode.